Welcome in to Hitter Sports, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Will Dundon, Seth Coggin, Nick Trucial in here, full house, to talk one of the biggest weekends in college football, if not the biggest, really, when you break it down, just the amount of great games that are on. I mean, we're going to kick it off, obviously. The two playoff games happened this past week. Big upset, I guess you would say. I mean, most people would say in TCU and Michigan, and then Ohio State hanging with Georgia. I mean, not Should've quite dominating, but handling Georgia for most of the game. And then Georgia obviously comes out, uh, finishes them off, and is going back to another national championship. But let's talk – let's kick it off with that TCU-Michigan game. That was one that – so I flip it on. First play from scrimmage, Michigan busts a big run, goes down the field, and then we all saw it. I mean, basically, you – tout this physicality the most physical team in football and you start getting cute down around the goal line and come away with no points and that was not the story of the game but I think the story of the game too had to be TCU's physicality and showing how they could match up with them with a lot less talent obviously and being that gritty team and coming away with a huge win yeah I think uh, it's really kind of summed up in you threw two pick sixes (laughs) you're gonna lose that's two like that's two game swinging plays that you had negative for you um that you know you lost by a few points well you can't singularly point to plays in football like those plays happened long in the game there was plenty of time to come back they even could have you know potentially won there um towards the end they made it a real tight game and they kept coming back which was impressive and but you threw two pick sixes. That's like almost impossible to overcome. And they almost did it. But, you know, <laughs> TCU's a good, they're not in the playoff by mistake. You threw two pick sixes to a good team and they're going to beat you almost every single time. Like every single playoff team that ever makes a playoff is going to beat you if you do that. Um, and then, yeah, and you don't score twice the goal line. So that's, those are crazy swings um, that you, it's just so hard to overcome when your margins are so small. Well, and everyone was complaining about the the one bomb that the guy was called down at like the one inch line. Which, when I looked at it, I don't I don't know if the argument was he didn't have control of the ball yet until he was in the end zone. But it looked like from the angles I saw, yeah, he was technically down at that short yard line. Whether he was down or not, I mean, you have a chance to just punch it in, and you yeah. screw up. You fu- you fumble. You can't even get the handoff. So I I couldn't really get behind so many people being like, oh, Michigan got hosed on that. Like, that's not the worst thing to happen. Like, get called on the one-inch line versus in the end zone. I know saying that, like, it's a huge – if it's called a touchdown, it's a totally different game, obviously. But you have a chance to just go one inch first and goal, and you can't get it. I I have a problem with people just trying to defend that. They had an ample opportunity to score. I don't think you can make up any excuses when you're given the opportunities needed to, to pull off what happens. Yeah, yeah, if it was on fourth down and you you got screwed over big time and didn't have another opportunity to make a difference, that's a different story. But, yeah, when there's a routine play to get into the end zone you just can't pull it off, yeah, you can't blame that on anything else other than yeah, not and, executing. And you make a you mention opportunity there. That's what I want to take a moment to talk about here was, was – I was disappointed in the many, many opportunities that the Michigan defense had to stop TCU. Like when their offense started kind of coming back and it was like, okay, we're two scores down, but we, we get, we got a score. They had several opportunities to make a stop and get that, like keep that momentum on their side. But it seems like every time TCU was able to just kind of pull um, even farther ahead, 
Like there was three or four times in a row where it's like, okay, we're two scores down. We got to score. You know, we need a stop and get another score to really tie this thing up. And it'd be like, nope, just going to push it, you know, farther out. Um, so I was, I was, I mean, not disappointed. I don't like, I didn't really have a serious dog in the fight, but I was a little surprised, I guess, to see Michigan's defense just get eight time and time again. Um, and when they really needed big stops, like not just, you know, moving up and down the field because you're two, two or three scores ahead playing soft defense. It's like, man, we really need to stop. And they're just gashing us for big play after big play. I couldn't even turn around and like, especially that second quarter, I was kind of just, you know, messing around at the house, getting ready for new year's Eve. And every time I looked away, someone would score a touchdown. Like it was just bad. It was just crazy action there for a while. Um, and entertaining game, like very, just very refreshing to just have a game full of juice for a long time that it was like, and you know, TC got up, TCU got out to the early lead. And so automatically you get kind of when the underdog gets into like a two touchdown league, like early in the game, it automatically snaps like everyone's eyes into like attention. It's like, Oh shoot. Whoa. Michigan down 14 early. Like, yeah. And they're in trouble. Some, something's up. Like this is a playoff game. Like this is uh this is legit here. So um, really, really set the tone for an even probably, I don't know about bet. Well, probably better game in that second game at least you know it kind of ends more dramatically um but really really just a fun fun to see tcu come away with it after they were kind of belittled i felt like um but not like tcu was belittled i guess a little bit but at the same time they did just lose their championship game and still get in so like it's not like they got the utmost disrespect ever like they still did get in yeah they got Um, plenty of respect i'd say yeah, so that's that's why playing that card's a little bit, um, a little bit lame. But mighty, mighty, mighty Michigan, um, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. This was their best chance to probably win a, a natty. Yeah, like truly their best chance to win a national championship, um, and choked it away, blew it. Well, and Harbaugh the could be already, gone. All, the rumors are already flying about Harbaugh to the Broncos. Yeah. What, what's the deal with that? Like, he said like, he's gone if he gets an NFL job. That's, that's what, what was reported. Saying. Yeah. I mean, Ew, but was he gone last year? Like, what happened? Like, what's well, he didn't get the every offer last single year? Yeah. Year. He, if he got the offer last year, he said he would have taken it. Yeah. He is gone. Like, you don't float these rumors all the time and then stay for like 10 years. Like, you eventually are leaving. That would not go. I, what, what would Michigan? I, I'm just curious now. Like, who would they turn to? If that's the case, probably I mean, can, someone pretty good. I mean, yeah, like they've just gone to two straight playoffs. Harbaugh has put Michigan in a much, much better place. You know, that would be kind of a good way to judge his tenure at Michigan is like, well, I was there for a lot of years. I went to the playoff a couple of times. I won the Big Ten a couple of times. Beat Ohio left, State. And I left Michigan in a lot better place for the next guy to come in um, than me. I don't think. Harbaugh light. I don't think Harbaugh relates to like 18 year olds. That's actually what I, that's true. And I think he, as he gets older, like the farther and farther away, like I think at first he kind of came in energized to like, you know, he was doing all sorts of stuff to like make himself. I don't know. He was just, when he came to college football, he was causing a scene. Like he was doing all sorts of crazy stuff, recruiting tactics. Like the night he, he uh, had a sleepover, like he, he stayed at that kid's house, like just just being a goon at camps and stuff, always with his shirt off, like in cleats. Oh yeah, 
I think as he's just gotten older, you, you kind of he's mellowed out a little bit. Probably got humbled a good bit, to be honest. I think he yeah. definitely got humbled those first couple of years at Michigan. Um, and there's a lot of pressure on him there at Michigan. Yeah, people um, were talking about firing him. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I was talking. I mean, crazy. I thought they should have fired him a couple of years ago. But I, I was, with that. Like, but after this run, he's gone on. Well, I mean, yeah. Back, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, obviously. Now, but I'm yeah. saying, yeah. But I'm saying before after because, the eight and okay, four and nine win seasons every year, he couldn't. Old. He kept. He the best he had done was third in the division. He could not years. beat anyone. Like, yeah. Now I am thinking he's a better coach because he's beaten Ohio State the last two years. But the seven years before that, like he didn't. So like. Until you do it, you haven't done it. Uh, so he had a long run of not being, yeah, winning eight games at Michigan with that schedule is not is not really the standard you want to set for yourself. Um, but now he's kind of now he's actually proven it, and I think now that he's honestly proven it, he's even more because he's so stubborn and hard headed. Like he couldn't leave Michigan without actually succeeding at Michigan, and so now he's at least had some version, you know, some. Uh, you know, view of success, um, even though not quite a national championship, but still had a good successful run. I think he's more apt to leave because he's like, well, at least, at least I didn't, wasn't a total failure. Yeah, I agree with that. I didn't get pushed out. Like, I think he's, he feels the heat of, I can get put, I can get fired here. And I'm, it's kind of like that thing on a breakup. Like eventually we're going to break up. I'm going, I'm going first. Like I'm leaving, I'm hopping off to somewhere better. Back to the NFL. The NFL wants me, yo. The NFL wants me, and you guys uh, don't want me. You don't appreciate. Well, they me. want him I'm now. The, I I know they want him now, but I think at first that's what it was, and now it's just kind of lame because it's like, dude, either go to the NFL or stay here and be happy. Like this in between is stupid. Yeah, we'll I see. I mean, the Colts. I I guess I would. <laughs> I hope he goes to the Colts and Ryan Tannehill is his quarterback for next year. That's my ultimate vision, sicko vision of like what would be funny in the AFC South next year. I mean, that would be very funny. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That'd be be hilarious for me. Like personally, it'd be about as funny as it would get. Jim Ursay combined with Jim Harbaugh would be just a riot. (laughs) Oh my gosh. There'd be some weird, just some Content gold coming out of there, I would have to think. We'd have to have Hard Knocks back in Indianapolis. Yeah. But really just like a Jim Knox, just like a Jim Jim Ursay Hard Knocks for just Jim Ursay. Jim and Jim. <laughs> Jim and Jim. Slim Jimmy. Yeah, well, hold that L, Harbaugh. Another one in the big time moment. Can't Still can't quite win the big one. No. He's cool. he's getting close though. He's I mean, won some big one. He has won some big game. Like he definitely has started to win. See, and, but we can. Well, kinda, it's not like they got blown out this year either. Like no, last year, like you had a real shot at a national championship this year. Yeah, and it looks like they could have matched up well with Georgia. I mean, you can't. Yeah, I hate I hate playing the game of comparison, but seeing Ohio State really control the game for uh all, like fifty five minutes or whatever, you know, a, a team that you crushed. Yeah, looks like you could have had a shot there. Yeah, that, and that is you are kind of right to preface that with it's it's so easy to compare because you watch the games back to, and it's so hard to compare at the same time. Like they're just coming from two just totally two totally different games. 
like you prepare and all this kind of stuff just way differently. Um, but you watch them like back to back and like, well, they beat Ohio state. Like they could have beat Georgia. Like right then they probably would have beat Georgia. Um, but, <laughs> but that's so hard to say, Yeah. but would have been, you know, would have been their best chance in 25 years. So, you know, hate to miss that. Yeah. And well, let's move over to that other game. So after, when I was watching that Ohio State Georgia game, CJ Stroud for me has moved up to the number one yeah, QB I mean, in college football. He looked amazing. Just I the think, throws uh, he was making, this playmaking ability against that Georgia defense, which I think really, really that defense is the only one in college football that I feel like has a ton down. of respect. Yeah, they've actually shut down a few people. That- yeah, exactly, which we just don't see as much anymore in this day and age of college football. But I would also like to point out Georgia, back-to-back years, takes out a number one receiver that, I mean, has a big uh, impact on what they do going forward. I mean, last year it was not not having to play Jamison Williams a second time because he got injured you know, in the SEC championship mm-hmm. game, can't play in the national championship this year. It's Marvin Harrison Jr. having an awesome game uh, throughout the whole time, and they knock him out uh, on a targeting call. He doesn't get to come in. And I think from that point on, that's when it was kind of a Georgia run to end the game. Sometimes part of the game. It I'm not, works I, out that way, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying, like, I mean, that's just part of the game. Injuries happen. You can't. I, I don't agree with that. They whole. just fortunately have happened favorably for Georgia lately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, had, you had all these Bama fans calling Feinbaum last year trying to say Georgia's national championship didn't count because they because <laughs> they didn't have their top two receivers, and you're thinking, well, it no, that's not matter. how nope. it's not how whoever, yeah, whoever steps on the field represents your team, buddy. Like <laughs> that that is your team out there. Um, yeah. Ohio State, yeah, they were they were working Georgia. See, it is fun to see. CJ Stroud do that against, yeah, like you said, a defense that you really have, you know, respect for. Have seen week after week, like have been a huge challenge to opposing quarterbacks, like have just been just eating them alive and chewing them out. Um, so cool to see him perform that well in that kind of moment. I mean, that does give you a lot of just it gives me a lot of comfortability drafting him like in the next level. Like that's what I want to see, dude. Can you imagine watching that CJ Stroud performance and then drafting Will Levis or something like seriously, (laughs) that is the, that is the decision GMs are making. And like, I don't care if I end up being wrong 15 years ago, 15 years from now, there's no way I would ever do that. There's no way I would ever make that draft decision based on. And you look at guys on the biggest stages. Has Will Levis even ever played on a big stage? No. Like CJ Stroud uh, played, just did that in a he playoff played game. at he played at Oxford, Mississippi at eleven a.m. once. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he played took in front of forty thousand people. <laughs> no, he, he didn't even play Iowa. He was too scared to show up to the Music City Bowl. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he this guy had an opportunity to play in the bright lights at Nissan Stadium, and I mean, he backed away. Yeah, wait, I mean, he, he played in Neyland, and what? He, he played in Neyland and threw for like under 100 yards and like three interceptions. Yeah. I, I don't know what his exact stat line was, but it was terrible. I mean, we held terrible. him what to six points? Yeah, I think it was 45 to six or something so, like that. Give me something. Stroud. Give me Stroud. I wouldn't yeah, rather was, Stroud was a Titan a for sure. That would be sick. What do you think the odds are we draft a quarterback in the first round? Low, right? We're not going to do that. If we Low. trade up, I mean, 
Yeah, it depends if you lose if you lose this next game and you get a little higher pick and then you don't have to I mean you can trade a little your your trade value obviously increases a little bit. Who um, would you draft? At quarterback? I mean it would change but it's based are what are the quarterbacks that you would trade up to draft, I guess, in this draft? Well, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a loaded question because I don't think we're going to be in – even if we trade up, is it going to be like the top three picks? Like I don't think it's even worth trading up because I don't think you can even get – I mean, that's what I'm saying. The two that come quarter- to mind are C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, but I think they're going to be two top three or four picks most likely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Like, who are the – do you have guys that you say, yeah, I'm trading up to the top four? Even so – like, here's what's weird for me. I is, think if you could go to four and get Bryce Young, you go to four and get Bryce Young. That, I mean, I don't yeah, think you will, though. Stroud I don't think you Bryce will. Young. I think they're going to go at least one, like three, like top three. Well, and Bryce Young even has a little – I have a little yellow light with him just because of his size and frame and everything. Yeah. Like watching Bryce Young as a Titan would be awesome. Though. I'd rather just try to draft Hooker in the second round, or maybe that trade would, back yeah, and draft him point. late in the first if that's if quarterbacks are going. This goes know. this goes pro my strategy of drafting a like mid level quarterback every single year. Like I want to draft a quarterback in the second to fourth round every single year. Because I think I can get a B guy to be that's an A that's an actual A guy, like if that makes sense. Like I can get yeah. one of your mid graded players who can step up and be. Because I mean they have just about the same bust percent. Like not that many like top top guys percentage wise even end up being long term starters in the end. Like it's not like you're really even. <laughs> you're kind of just yeah. It's you know, good chance to be a bust anyway. Might as well just keep going for <laughs> yeah. Like, might as well. It's like look race. at two like Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, two number one picks that are like Ky- Kyler's had some really like good highlight seasons and padded the stat sheet, but neither of those guys are really doing anything. They're not, doing anything. They're not long-term start. Like Mariota was a starter for the Titans for several years, but he wasn't the long-term like where I'm going to give this guy several contract kind of starter. Um, they well, I mean, they just don't come around much. But they honestly are just as likely to come from third or fourth round, I feel like, um, if you do it consistently. Because it's not often you are like, well, I'm going to draft the top quarterback. You don't know when you're going to line up. Like, you don't know when the Titans are going to be so bad where they get the number one or two, three pick. Yeah. And even the quarterbacks that are in the draft, like, it, it may, you may draft Zach Wilson at number two because he's the best quarterback, apparent. Like, yeah, that's just, a way better example than what I threw out. Yeah. Yeah, so it's you just never. I don't know. It's just hard to. Sam Darn. I mean, there's so many quarterbacks that bust even in the top five picks. Not even bust, like just aren't good. Aren't yeah. like so, aren't yeah, really aren't franchise franchise guys for 10, 15 years. But it hasn't happened a lot recently. I feel like. I mean, don't get. I mean, you can name great guys no. that were drafted early, but you think you about think, a, hey, you think about a Josh Rosen or something. You know, like a top. Yeah. 15 or top 10 pick wherever he was yeah you think uh stetson's got any kind of chance in the nfl no 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 like no it's just does he even get drafted yeah so i could see him going seventh round or something no i bet i bet it's like i could see him getting drafted in the fifth round or something i was gonna say i bet he's a fifth round guy he said stetson bennett fifth round just sounds perfect to me to the indianapolis colts Oh yeah, 
God, they just keep cycling through from Sam Ellinger now to Stetson Bennett. Now, dude, Stetson kinda... Bennett fifth round to like the Patriots sounds like a oh, gross. Yeah, that that. Yeah, I mean that's a Belichick move, just kind of rotating in uh, Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones. Now, just kind of rotating in these random white guys. Stetson, Stetson Bennett will get demolished in the NFL, right? Like, no way he's like, no way he's a winning quarterback. Well, it's it's just a whole different situation. And don't get me wrong, Stetson Bennett obviously has had a good college career, but yeah, the guy not, and he throws he's done amazing. He's thrown, he's thrown some dots. He can throw some deep balls. He also did get the, rattled. He looked rattled. That was honestly the first time I've seen Stetson Bennett truly rattled. I felt like was in that game the other day where it was truly like moving. The one thing I could always say about Stetson is like, kind of seems like he does have a feel on the pace of like, yeah. you know, timing of all stuff. But like, it felt like to me, it just a sit, like not like there was anything specific I could really point to, but it, there were just several plays where it seemed like he was just moving too fast. Like his head was just moving too fast. Throws were coming off, off mark, off target, like not even off target, just like bad mistiming thrown way too early or, you know, too, I don't know. He seemed when they got kind of down a little bit for the, for what I, I haven't watched every single second of Georgia football the last two years, but I've watched quite a bit and especially the bigger games. Um, and that's why he's, you know, been so successful. That's why he's won as a college quarterback at Georgia. They don't need a world beater. They need a Stetson Bennett. Like they need a guy who just is there to control the game. Like, I want to control the clock. I want to, you know, they still somewhat play. mobile. Like, yeah, someone can make you just one or two extra plays a game. Like just one or two extra plays a game by mobility or scrambling. He throws a good ball and it's pretty accurate. And, you know, they have a ton of playmakers. So let let the offense work and he does a good job of that. But, you know, that can only get you so far in the pros. Well, and he's not any kind of intangible or uh like combine type guy like that's that's definitely not his strong suit you're not gonna you're you're gonna pick a will levis a lot earlier than stetson bennett you're gonna pick sure. an anthony richardson a yeah. lot uh yeah higher than stetson bennett just because and i mean his stats weren't that good he yeah. makes plays but he also makes a lot of bad plays but because he has a cannon he's super fast it's one of those guys that Huge. they might uh just go ahead and take but in college you take stetson bennett a million times over Anthony Richardson, I think, to lead uh, your team to a national championship. What about uh, what about old Maxie? What about Duggan? His I, mean, I don't know if he's. I feel like there hasn't been too much talk on him. I'll NFL take him wise. in the third round. I'll take. I would. Yeah, give it. Come on. I mean, he's tough. You know that he is just a. I mean, not to he's be mobile. too ignorant, but he is he's like a senior. Mobile. Like he's going to the NFL next year. I think so. I'm assuming he is. I have yeah. no, I don't know. Yeah, we'll say we'll say he is. I think he is. I just I haven't even I haven't checked that to be just fact, like watching but... watching how he plays football. I'd I'd like to have someone like that on my team. Yeah, he's gutsy. He fits the frame. He's athletic. Like, yeah, he is. I take. I'm him. just I just am just desperate for a quarterback, a Titans quarterback at this point. I'm ready for the one. You know. Like we've been making uh, Tannehill, he's fit for a while, you know. But I'm ready for truly the, the the two tone blue, just like savior, savior. It's just yeah. like wow, like he is all the deficiencies that we have on this football field. He is overcoming by just being the best. They don't come around often, but I'm talking about one of those guys. 
Maybe it's Josh Dobbs. That would be crazy. I was texting. I was texting our friend and former host Reese about Josh Dobbs the other day, and I, I was saying I think that's like a some kind of fever dream I had back in 2016 was Josh Dobbs leading the Tennessee Titans into a playoff run. Yeah, I mean, your dream could be coming true as we speak. Yeah, Dobbs, Dobbs winning two playoff games will like statue. Yeah, at least for the state of Tennessee, like just yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like on the bridge, like somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Maybe on the Capitol building, outside of the Tennessee Capitol <laughs> building. At Josh, just have Josh. No, you need to put there. it in like you need to put it in Cookville. So whenever you're driving, <laughs> whenever you're driving between Nashville and Knoxville, you just remember that Josh Dobbs is about. You need to replace that janky, janky like. The, I think they've actually already torn it down. The Nathan Bedford Forest statue. Oh yeah, yeah. just a giant put a Josh, Josh Dobbs, Dobbs, statue. Dobbs statue right there. Just put an Astro <laughs> Dobbs. Yeah, like a rocket with jo- put Dobbs. NASA flags and yeah. like Tennessee and Titans flags everywhere. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'll, that's all it takes. This win in two playoff games, and he's there. Yeah, I agree. Let's go back real quick to that. I just have one more thing about that Ohio State Georgia game. So I think it was Ruggles was the kicker, which is just a tough name yeah. for a kicker. Would you rather, like, last last play of the game, you know, you have a kick to win the game or lose the game, would you rather just mm. absolutely shank it like he did, or would you rather, like, hit the post? 50-yarder? Hit the post. 50-yarder? Yeah. It'd be memorable, at least, if you hit the post. Everybody would just kind of – like, do you think that haunts him the same forever as if he hit the post? I don't think it does. I don't know. There's that's a really interesting question because it, it is kind of like, well, guys, I just missed it. Like, yeah, I, that's know, it. It's I like just, I just didn't. I missed. Yeah, if you hit the post, it's like that haunts I, you for the rest of your life. Yeah, but I yeah, think you still gotta go. I think you still gotta go hitting the post because that's not as embarrassing. Like, yeah, dude, you hit the post from fifty. Like, you put a good effort on it. This guy just he totally choked. And that's, I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be a real a kick, at least. Like when you see like a knuckleballer just go hard hook, that's yeah. a tough scene. I knew that Georgia messed up, but they left too much time on the clock. It, when I'm head coach, we will score with one second left. Like I am so tired of scoring with under a minute left and leaving. If they only need a field goal, if they need a touchdown, I'm okay with Four. it. Like yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they only need a field goal, you have to play. Because that's not that hard. They need like 35 yards from where they get the ball on like a you know a normal kick, and they're in field goal range. So like that you know that's pretty possible as long as they have even two three plays like that they can do. So at least like be a little. I know it's like you got to score, and and if you score, you score. Like I'm never like I'm never anti-scoring, but I just think if you have at least a little bit opportunity to milk that at the end. You know, when you're right up next to the goal line, you got to kind of – you got to try at least. Um, but I want to – hey, I want to give a shout-out uh, uh, Mitch Rossi there on Ohio State, putting in work all over the field. I know the county he, guy. Franklin High, yeah. He was a true counterpart. It kind of like a true like high school glory glory days. I was like, man, that he was like played my exact position for Franklin. Like we were mirror – almost mirror. Like he played uh, the same position on offense, and we – like when it gets each other on offense, defense, a bunch. Um, and it was kind of like, man, it's awesome. You're like six for him. Now he's 
balling out for Ohio State, <laughs> like kept with the vision, respect. I like, thought about you, man. Going. I was like, where were Seth's offers when this guy was getting Ohio State offers? I know you guys were seeing this, and he's going to Ohio State. <laughs> where's Where's the phone call? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, what do y'all think? I mean, let's let's talk real quick. Just what do you think going into this national championship game, TCU Georgia? Obviously, Georgia's the favorite. They're much more talented, but I mean, I'm, I'm cheering for, for the TCU. frogs, baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm going, that's what that that is my official statement. I'm cheering for the Horn Frogs. Yeah, I think that's kind of America's team right now for sure. TCU, everybody going for them, but I mean, I, I would think talent wise, there's just got to be. A big this, gap here. I mean, this is but like what's the talent gap between Michigan and Georgia? I think it's not. I mean, it, I it's think it's still substantial. En- yeah, it's significant enough. Yeah, it's not massive, but Georgia, I think just talent wise across the board, they are so deep and so good everywhere. They don't really have too many weaknesses. Yeah, I think all all I really have to say about it is it's a beautiful story. Like you get this underdog story in TCU that has proven they definitely belong there. Um, and then you have Georgia, the massive favorite. But I don't think anyone's expecting a blowout. I mean, maybe there are some SEC fans that are it expecting could, a big like, blowout. I could see a blowout happening. Oh yeah, I could see I could see this getting ugly quick. Well, like what if TCU like TCU got two six picks his last last game? That's how football works. Like they can easily throw two pick sixes, and then yeah, it could get out of hand. But I did think I, uh, it probably won't. It probably won't. It'll be like a twelve point Georgia win, like fairly comfortable in the end, but a good game through three quarters. Yeah, that would I be. Don't my, I don't have a good. I don't have a good gauge on it. I just hope TCU gives them a good game. I mean, I hope TCU wins. I do too. That'd be awesome. I need to get my. I have a horn. I have a frog's hat. I got to find from the, I don't know. I have no idea where it is, but I'll bring it out. Let's go frogs. Oh, that'll be next Monday night. Should we go just live for the natty? We can. Might as well. We need to, we need to get on Twitch where we could actually be like, like streaming. Streaming our live pod. That would actually be, that would be sick. I'd be down for that. We could look into it for sure. We should just be on Twitch every night. Yeah. Or we could at least like just Twitter li- we could at least Twitter live it while we're doing it. Yeah. People yeah, just like have the space open. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we did a couple of those Twitter spaces where we got people uh coming in. Yeah. Well, I'm saying we do it while we're recording as well, though. So like if someone wants yeah. to hop in, we just put them next to we put the phone next to the mic so everyone can hear it. Yeah, it's just like Collins, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, did um, they uh, uh Hey Seth, this should be yes. Did they what they do about that football game um as of when we started recording this game, podcast game postponed i'm looking at it right now um yeah what exactly was going on are I like people was... it looks like people are leaving do they cancel it like is that postponed for a day i bet it's postponed i bet they're not gonna play it i mean everyone's walking out so yeah they're not playing again Y'all remember that game that uh, the Titans played in Miami that was postponed for about eight hours, and it ended up being, I think, the longest NFL game of all time? Yeah, dude, because yeah. I was at work, and then I came home looking to check the score. I hadn't known anything was on, and it was like second quarter or something. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> uh, that, was a, that was a miserable day 
a miserable yeah, day. a horrible loss too. Like that. Was and then we lose. Who got hurt that? Who got hurt that day? I don't know. Somebody. I mean, Tannehill. Was that the first time? Probably. Was it the first time Lawan got hurt? Bad. Probably. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah we can't, dude. We should have cut Lawan two years ago, three years ago, probably. Honestly, he's just I mean, not yeah. been that good. <laughs> Well, he's just been hurt two full years, yeah. two out of three full years, and like was not that good the year and he wasn't hurt. Ate up a lot of cap <laughs> while sitting on the bench. Did y'all see the last thing I want to say about this uh pl- the playoff situation? Michigan, JJ McCarthy said a lot in his presser before the game happened. And one People of the are, things they quarterbacks the, are idiots. One of the things they asked him about was they asked him, there was one question about the defense and everything, but then they said, what do you think about TCU hoping you throw you throw the ball a lot because they don't think you can throw that well? And he was like, I pray they think that. Or so, it was something along those lines. And then he comes out and throws, which obviously they still scored a lot of points, but you come out and throw two pick sixes that essentially lose you the game. Not good. Not good at all. People need to just stop saying anything in pregame. Like, never say anything at all. You got to take the saving or the Belichick method when doing pregame, like media stuff, all respect to the other team. Always like never, ever give them any sort of disrespect, not even an ounce. Like don't even, cause they, uh, it's just a better way to play the game. Um, but you know, that's going to get shoved right back in your face. And like, what's the benefit of that? Like, Oh, it's just bulletin board material for the like, team, really. It's the only benefit is like people are like, wow, this guy's really cocky. Like this guy's yeah. not a good guy. And the downside is you just fired up TCU and then you took an L and then you have to wear those comments for the, the only time that works is in like the UFC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say we're yeah, truly... well, you have to truly intimidate. Well, and that's how you make money and you get the yeah. big fights is by being a crazy awesome personality. And it's one v one. It's me. It is me. I am just like that's that's a whole different. Like, yeah, football is a team game. There's eleven of us out on that field. If like a UFC, like it is me versus you. I am disrespecting me. You are little. Like you are little. I'm coming for all of that. Um, that's a funny comparison. But yeah, you gotta stay. Keep it, keep it classy out there. Unless you want to troll, unless you want to disrespect. But you gotta go all in on the disrespect if you're gonna play that side. I think, like, you gotta yeah, be you just like, ooh, like you can't. Well, and it's one thing line. if a guy like Randy Moss or Tia or some cocky receiver comes out and says he's gonna go all out because it's like then even if you don't win, but say you have a hundred yards, it's like, well, I mean, I backed up what I said I was gonna do. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and you've done it. Time and time again, like JJ McCarthy was like tenth game starting. It's not like you've ever really won. All right, keep talking, keep talking, little buddy. Yeah. Take that L, take that L all the way back home, Michigan. There's another big bowl game that hit close to home for uh, the Pater crew. The Orange Bowl, the true Orange Bowl, as orange as it gets. Tennessee just takes it to Clemson, and I think it was a. I mean, I thought it was a good game. Like, Tennessee obviously came out on top and had a pretty good control of it for the most part, but Clemson was definitely in that game, it seemed like to me. Joe Milton did what he needed to do. We were talking about this before we started recording. I think he cemented himself as the starter. I don't think – Trucial, we'll see what you have to say about this. I don't think any of us are expecting a national championship or anything next year for Tennessee. We'll see. We'll see what (laughs) Trucial Expectations can be high. But, I mean, Joe looked good. He looked good. He completed some deep balls. He also threw that one to Ramel Keaton that was just a good defensive play. 
Caruso, you might remember it. I want to say his first or second quarter that he threw a bomb 65. Yeah. Like, and it was the, stop on the one – he was stopped on the one-yard line. No, no, no. I'm talk, this one was incomplete. So, I was just oh, pointing oh, out okay, another man. one where a DB just stuck his hand in there and got it. But it was on the money. So, he – he. I heard I heard the term Jover throws. He kept the Jover throws uh, <laughs> on the low, so that was good. But I mean, I think Tennessee's in you know in good shape to have another double digit win season next year for sure. Um, we'll see. And the crazy thing is, we have no idea what Georgia's going to look like. I think that's really the only other team you're super concerned about in the East. So yeah, we yeah you, you could expectations can be fairly high. Like you did show that you kind of can be that another top if not like top top dog i mean it's hard to really unseat georgia if they're two-time national defending national champion but tennessee's kind of shown they're a tier above everybody else in the east really um i mean the only team that beats you is south carolina and you can't really i mean they're not they're really yeah, not just, they're not quite I mean, there yeah really- so I think Hinden puts you in a good spot. I mean, he just beat Clemson in a bowl game where Clemson had plenty of time to prepare. Like, uh, you know, that's a good test of and a good defense still. Yeah, yeah, and he does like he may not be quite as efficient as Hinden was this year, but he gives you the threat of the deep ball and the deep ball. Well, like he hit several deep throws just the other day. You know, you only need to hit two to three of those if you can hit two to three of those big chunk long deep throws a game you open up so much of your offense um for the you know all the rest of the field when you're really trying to just gain space um now he'll have to hit on some of that intermediate stuff too because he throws a great deep ball um and he obviously is physically gifted and um you know can run if needed as well but uh controlling the offense game after game will be you know something to watch and uh but i think he has earned the chance to go into the season as the starter he's won big games as your starting quarterback now so you know well and seth you mentioned the intermediate throws and a couple of the situations in the red zone is what really impressed me there was a specific i think it was to squirrel white maybe there was a touchdown he threw where he showed that he's a veteran that he's been doing this for a long time where he basically looked off the safety pump fakes like got the safety to draw in to open up squirrels lane so he and he just fired it in there how he does he throws a fastball in the end zone um so i think that also impressed me too showing hey i'm not just this guy who's got a crazy big arm anymore like i know what i'm doing too yeah fun to watch i mean he's always been intriguing you know like he there's been a lot of people that have always wanted to watch Joe Milton as the, as the quarterback. Like he has always attracted people just being like, yeah, we got to get him as our quarterback. Um, go all the way back to Michigan. Like his time at Michigan was like, yeah, Joe Milton, this guy's going to be awesome. Um, and now hopefully in an efficient offense in an offense set up for quarterback to succeed, we'll see what he's got. This is uh, he's, I think he's got, he's earned uh, the theme of opportunity he had his opportunity. This was kind of a tryout for him. We mentioned it before. So, like, it was stated beforehand, this is kind of what this was. Uh, similar to, you know, we'll talk about Josh Dobbs in a second. Like, they had an opportunity in a game with the team to win and to give the team a chance to win. And he's earned the chance to, you know, continue to put himself in that spot to lead the team. So, um, it's nice to know that kind of going to the offseason. Um, now, if a transfer, like, the only thing that really would change – because, you know, your five-star freshman is still probably not 
going to be the guy in the first fall. Like, I mean, you know, out the gates, that's just very rare for a true freshman to come in to a place like Tennessee and just start right, right off the bat. Um, so really your only other question to me would be like, if you're going to, if you would actively pursue a transfer, um, but I just don't see a good enough option out there that's going to come in and unseat Milton. And you got to kind of reward a player for spending three years in your system and, like stay, and, and staying there. And I think, I think they do trust him. I think they do trust him to run the offense. So that's, I mean, I think the players like him and like want him to be their quarterback too. So I think, I think you roll with Joe and then, you know, see what happens. Of course that's, that's football, man. He could get hurt in week one and then it's all of a sudden, well, <laughs> you know, Nico, yeah, it's Nico time. Um, but I think you, you hope that he can have some sustained success I don't, I don't really think you have a reason to think he won't. I guess that's that's a big point. Yeah. Trucia, what are your expectations for the Vols for next year? I mean, if we're talking expectations, SEC East champion, uh, nothing less than that. I don't the, care. The uh, Georgia hangover year. Do you know what happens? Hard, when you, when you the drink, double hangover year. Yeah, when you gonna... drink heavy for two nights in a row, that <laughs> hangover you're having the next day, when you pull a tough shift of Friday and Saturday night, and you wake up on that Sunday with that hangover, it's unreal. So Georgia's hangover next season. Yeah, we just got to double down on the on the natty crippling. hangover. They might, they might win six games next year. It, with Tennessee coming in, um, I mean, expectations. Six games. That'd be 12-0. Awesome. Uh, uh, Joe Milton en route to a Heisman run. In, if they go 12-0, he will win the Heisman. To a 20-year a NFL, like, Hall of Fame career. I think Joe Milton has the opportunity with his intangibles, his size, and just his natural ability to be a quarterback. Uh, like you were saying, Seth, where people want to come see him, this guy's the truth. He's up next. You guys just I, I hope so. Like, I, I can sit here right now and say I hope Joe Milton has a 20-year NFL career and I get to watch him in the NFL for 20 years. That would be awesome. I think looking at because we don't know what Bama and Georgia are going to look like next year. That's the other thing. You you kind of know what Tennessee is going to look like next year. Like Tennessee is going to be have that high powered offense still. Georgia and Bama losing both their quarterbacks. It's just it's just a little bit more of an unknown. So I would say, Drizzle, do you know who's the do they have a big non con game next year? Uh, the Vols. Yeah. Um, I don't. I want to say a bunch of the non-cons were switched around. Virginia of, uh, and Nashville. Is that this next upcoming year? I'm pretty sure. What Weren't we supposed to play Oklahoma or Texas or something, and then it got canceled because they're being moved over? Yeah, I don't know. Um, no. What, yeah, one of them did. Get, I'm, I'm, I really think it's like Virginia. Well, that's the other thing, too. Assuming let, – let's say Oklahoma and Texas are not there next year, which I don't know if they're supposed to be. or. It is Virginia, uh, Seth. Virginia. Okay. Well, then you have like the expectation for me is you should win 10 games. You should beat everyone except for Bama and Georgia. And the thing is, is you beat Bama this past year, uh, and we don't really know what they're going to look like. They're not going to have Bryce Young, which is going, I have to imagine that makes them take a step back. Oh, man. This season would have been terrible for them if they didn't have Bryce Young. I don't think they'll probably um, be better. They'll probably be better. That's the unfortunate. Yeah, that's fair. That, that's the thing. It's Ty Simpson comes in and just runs it up. I mean, I don't know. Bryce Young's pretty amazing. I don't know. 
we'll see. But I, I think the expectation should be you have 10 games that you should check mark as wins. And then Georgia and Alabama are just you don't know. Uh, so there's yeah, you should be expecting. I don't think it's uh, too much to expect an SEC East division uh, title. Just because we don't know what Georgia's going to look like. I don't know. That's the other thing, though. Does Georgia have like a five-star QB as their backup right now? Not that it's like the biggest deal, but or is uh, it going to be another fr- like if it's a freshman? That's probably a good thing for you, even though we've seen plenty of great freshman quarterbacks recently in college football. I'm not too sure what they're going to look like next year. Um, yeah. I know Alabama has their young talent yeah. QB, but Georgia was. Um, they might be Georgia might be one of those teams that really benefits from the uh, transfer portal. That's true. That's true. We don't know what. Yeah, a lot to still happen. Definitely. I tell you what, though, we talk about all these teams coming over to the Big Ten and the SEC soon, and we were talking about this before the pod as well. Pac-12 not looking good. Uh, Penn State, which is pretty much cemented third best team in the Big Ten, takes it to Utah, the Pac-12 champ. Oh, that is a bad look. Yeah. I wasn't even really thinking about that because it was like Rose Bowl, and I was like, oh, they're just in the Rose Bowl. But, yeah, that's your Pac-12 champ just getting housed. Housed, dude. By, like, the like – I, like I was saying, the cemented third best team. And, like, there's a yeah. big difference between Michigan, Ohio State, and then Penn State. Like, it's – Penn State's kind of that clear tier two of the Big Ten, and then there's no one else in there with them, and then it's everyone else besides it, so – but then, obviously, USC losing to Tulane is a bad look, too. Yeah, like I know Tulane had a good year, but it's Terrible still- day. Terrible yeah. day for the best. Dude, what about USC's season just going off? The, like, 11-1, and one, about to make the playoff. Now, I guess they still did win the Heisman, but lose the Pac-12 championship, lose the playoff, and then lose to Tulane? Come on. Tulane the- – Shout out to Tulane, though, dude. They easily could have just lost that game, but they didn't. Yeah. Came 12 wins win. for uh, Was it 31 14? Uh, that sounds right. 31 16. Oh, okay. They were down by 15 points. Nice. Yeah. But that was, that was an actually an amazing game. Bowl games are so fun because you will just randomly, you'll have like a really chaotic and weird game of just, like, teams that don't know, you know, it's just teams that don't know each other that haven't played in a while. And then it'll get, like, six minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and it's, like, a one-score game, and it actually gets, like, super intense, and people get really, really into it. Um, I think it's awesome. It's, like, it's just time after time, bowl games are close in the end. <laughs> you just Like, that's, what we, that's all we want to watch. We just want to – I don't care really what two teams are playing, like, how good they are or not. I want it to be a fun finish at the end. I'd much rather watch like the Bahamas Bowl if it's like 39 to 38 than the college football playoff if it's like 50 to 10. Yes, I want, no, I, I want that. more I want more competitive action. And this this weekend really gave me hope for the playoff. To be honest, like the 12 team playoff, it got me kind of excited for that. Cuz I was like, man, these games are awesome. I want more of these truly do or die games. I I want more of that. It's not, it's not a scenario-driven do-or-die game. It's a true win-or-go-home playoff game. I, I want to see that in college football. I think it's, it gave us two great games this weekend. Now, it hasn't always produced 
like that. But I think you'll just get more of those. Like, yeah, you might miss on some of those, but you're going to get more of those exciting games too that really just are just crazy down to the wire. Yeah, and what you kind of mentioned it just then, what's going to be crazy is I think Danny Cannell pointed it out. I saw on Twitter. He was like, these awesome bowl games. Like, just imagine these are going to be playoff games. Like, imagine if that was that a playoff crazy. game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The bowl games are already awesome. Now let's actually add an element of like, okay, you keep playing. Like you're playing for a championship. Football is just awesome because you just toss the ball out there. And you, you, even if you're playing for nothing, you end up playing hard. Like competition. You know, yeah, competition. Just you got to bring it out. So might as well just be playing for something else. Um, anyway, just like imagine if Tennessee had another game because they won that game. Like the Orange Bowl was already big enough, like a lot of fun, great game, great atmosphere. And it was a huge win. And like, really, but imagine how the implication of that, if it's oh, a playoff it, game. It would have been in Knoxville too. In Neyland. Oh, like that goodness. is. Uh, beating like Dabo in Neyland would have just been, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's what we got to look forward to, man. We got, oh, that's, that was my official statement. I actually haven't, my official statement on the 2022 Razorback season is, I am glad we get to play again next year. That's truly my, that's, that's my statement. Like, you know, I had some fun this year. I also took some big L's. I'm just glad we get to line it up and do it again next year. Um, Fresh slate, you know, new expectations, certainly higher than they deserve to be. And we get to line it up and, and I get to hope for maybe one day hosting a playoff game. There's a lot to be, lots to be hopeful for out there. Definitely. Well, there's a lot to be hopeful for coming up this Saturday night. That's right. In Jacksonville. We we touched oh. on it earlier, but we do have, I mean, possible statue game for Josh Dobbs coming up. <laughs> well, potential potential statue. Uh, the, the first of maybe three games that would cement the statue in the state of Tennessee. But, guys, we said a lot of things about the Titans all year. Truthfully, you pointed this out to me earlier. There were times where we were feeling really good, where we were feeling really bad. But something always kind of lingered, and it, it was the fact <laughs> that we mentioned eight and nine division champs and it all coming down to Jacksonville. That's exactly what we got. Our sicko mode. Sicko <laughs> mode. I don't even know what you want to call it. This is what – Well, you mentioned fever deep. dream. That's about right. Like, the yeah. evil... sicko mode fever dream is a week 18 winner take all in Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, the evil self-loathing Titan fan Jeff Fi- from <laughs> from the Jeff Fisher years has – Raised on Jeff Fisher. Yeah, Mike has turned me into a, all right, we need the season to end in Jacksonville. Playoffs on the line, squeezing in with an, a record under 500. I mean, that is written in the stars by Jeff Fisher. So, I mean, this is That's just... what I saw someone tweet out, oh, the Titans need eight wins. Time to make the call. And it's just Jeff Fisher <laughs> running out of the tunnel. <laughs> I think it, it is kind of... Uh, I think we're all in a pretty good mindset that, like, this team... Like, I'm not... In one way, I can't even be hurt by losing this game this weekend because I don't, like, yeah, we are bad. Like, I can't even – you can't hurt me this week. Like, it will be a terrible, pathetic collapse, but I've already felt that pain. No, I agree. I've already gone – I've already been grieving this for the last six weeks. Now I am turned around. I have a new life about me. It is just a one-week match. We are playing the Jacksonville Jags in a winner go – like, in – we control our own destiny in week 18 playing the Jags. Like that is a, honestly, every single year, if you give me that opportunity, I'm probably taking it going into the year. 
Like, what if this? What if we were thirteen and three playing the Jags for the division? Like, that would be everyone would be so excited. But who cares that we're eight and nine playing or seven and nine playing for the division? It's just the same. That banner still hangs, baby. That banner still flies. So I'm excited, man. When 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 and get in the tournament, like. We see it time and time again. You never know. Once that put, once that becomes postseason play, you never know. You're not telling me right now that if we beat the Jags, when we beat the Jags and we're hosting a playoff game versus like the Chargers, the Chargers, dude, they're not unstoppable. There's no team in the AFC that is like the biggest juggernaut of all time. Like, give me a shot at them. Give me a shot at home and let me go on the road and make some noise. Like I saw. <laughs> I yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. And if not, we lose and we'll get a better draft pick. Whoopee. Like, I, you know, some people want to want to just outright lose right now. That is a loser. That is a loser mentality that I don't even want to hear mentioned and brought up. If you call yourself a fan of the Tennessee Titans, we have a chance to win the AFC South on Saturday night and we have to take it. We have to take it. That's what I feel like, and we're, we're so not, but I feel like we're playing with house money almost because I'm the same as Seth right now where I already, I'm already been hurt. Like, we're not a good football team, but the fact that we have Josh Dobbs running out there leading our team in a week eight, like, I mean, I'm just reiterating what Seth said, but a week 18 winner take all in Jacksonville, that's hilarious to me. And if we win that game, it'll be one of the best football sports moments of my life because that will be just an ultimate <laughs> It truly would be one of the, like, we are in a no-lose situation. If we lose, it will suck, and it will, like, but it'll just be another loss. But if we win, it will be one of the funniest wins and most joyful wins I have ever experienced in my life. To lose six straight and then win on the road with (laughs) Josh Dobbs as your quarterback is so funny. And honestly, so Mike Rabel and the Titans to, like, do this. And this would be the... I mean, it's stupid to even think of it, but this somehow would be the Titans team to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> like the worst. No, I like you got it. You got to just ride with me on this one for a second. But do you ever think the Titans are going to win the Super Bowl like as a one seed? Like, no, I mean, maybe not. that's not. No. They're definitely like we're never going to be the good team that wins the Super Bowl. We're going to be the team that they remember for being like the worst team that ever made the playoffs to like suddenly win the Super Bowl. Somehow We'd have Mike, to be the only team to win a Super Mike, Bowl with a losing record, right? <laughs> Mike Vrabel <Brable, laughs> just turned it to another level and just won four straight games, and we just won the whole thing. I'm down. I mean, that would I'm be, all for it. Josh Dobbs. If Jack, what you, what like, kind yeah, of contract? If Josh Dobbs comes in, like we got to give him a lifetime contract, right? If he wins, if a, he Super wins Bowl, a Super Bowl, it's just Bowl, lifetime. Yeah. Lifetime. Keys to the state. Forget the city, keys to the state. Yeah, I mean, he's already earned his uh, East Tennessee orange britches. He's going to get his uh, Middle Tennessee Titan. And then um, I don't I wonder know. How many more ten- I wonder how many more Tennesseans you're going to have tuning into this game just because, well, and the, the last game he started. There's a lot of Vols fans who don't, don't care, care about, about the Titans. Yeah, they don't care about pro football. They're all That's funny. That is kind of funny to me. Which yeah, I respect. I guess it makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, I respect that. Because I'm I'm much more of a college fan, and I get it. If you live in Knoxville, it's not like if I didn't live in Nashville, would I be as big of a Titans fan? I don't know. No, Couldn't no way. It. There's no way I would have been. I probably would have liked the Titans, but like, I only grew up so hardcore because of they were downtown. Like I was. Yeah, if was, you were yeah, in Memphis or Knoxville, you just got uh, different things to kind of worry about other than the Titans. I feel like. 
the yeah. ice bears. <laughs> yeah, the ice bears are an elite hockey franchise. Very fun to go to their games. I'm excited but, though. Who's the, I mean, what, what big, what are some quote unquote big names do we have not playing this Saturday? Do we know? Um, do we have, I mean, I guess it's still pretty early. They said so we don't know Simmons what they, and Autry are playing. Okay. They don't know about Fulton. Fulton back would be awesome. Yeah. Offensive um, line is decimated as yeah, usual. Yeah, but that's just that, the the starting offensive line sucks. So might as well like who cares? I mean, I'd Are like ben, to have Ben, ben Jones Evans. and Nate Davis both out for the year. Oh, Ben Jones is out for the year. What? I, I did not know that. That actually, he is okay. Those are two that I would like to have. <laughs> yeah, like I'm pretty sure our O line is like really. Are we starting really Raven Clark again? Like, Raven like. Jamarco Jones and LaRaven Clark might be starting. <laughs> I Dennis Daly might make a play that wins us this game. Dennis Daly is going to be the reason we win a Super Bowl. I I almost have this like crazy vision of like Dennis Daly like recovering a really crucial fumble like in the end zone. Like it's just like and Dennis Daly scores a <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> Yeah, Josh Dobbs tries to QB sneak it, jump over the pile. It gets popped out, and Dennis Daly just falls With like right 13 seconds pile. left in the game. Like, it is just hypercritical time, and Dennis Daly jumps on a fumble. He just comes out of the bottom of the pile like, yeah. <laughs> it all will be forgiven. Be awesome. I, dude, will, if the, yeah. dude, if the Titans win this game, all will be forgiven for life. I don't – like, I, this is how much this matters. This will be so awesome to me. Like I, I will forget all the transgressions of this whole year by the whole coaching staff. I will run it back with Todd Downing next year. Like I will run it oh back. Oh my if god! They win this game. I, I'll be happy if they don't, but if they do, I would support it. Like I will ride for it. I won't. I won't object to them firing him, but um, I would be come out in full support if they retain him. If we win this game, I don't care. Like yeah. What are you going to say? He's a two-time AFC South champion. Back to back. Yeah, I don't, Technically I don't know if I can get say that, that, that I guess. <laughs> Technically can. Oh, Saturday night in Jacksonville just sounds awesome. I'm glad so I mean Big Jeff and Autry are playing though. I mean that's the other thing. If the maybe defense gets maybe hot. the Jags just won't score. Like we we, there's that's a our only that... chance. I mean, that's been our only chance all year. And then when yeah. your defense like gets crippled by injury and all of a sudden isn't, there was a minute there. Our defense looked legit. Like, that look, is what that is what gave us. Top, yeah, that is what gave us any hope for this year. Was that wow? That defense is really good. If we can just get a, because like the last time we played the Jags, we were Swiss cheese. I mean, we were just getting absolutely toasted. We weren't even close. We weren't even we weren't even in the same area code as their receivers. Yeah, so Evan I, I don't, looked like Tony Gonzalez out there. Like, maybe it it's was, all part of the plan. Like we did that, and we got a whole new game plan for him this week, and it'll just blow Trevor Lawrence's mind. I'm just praying. Yeah, it could have been good. We lost to them. Now they're kind of going to be overconfident. Uh, this team, yeah, a little o- overconfident. It doesn't take. It doesn't take. It, yeah, it doesn't take much overconfidence to be overconfident. Like. If you just are a little bit thinking, okay, we got this. Like, we're at home. They've lost six straight. We're hot. NFL is crazy, man. It turns on a dime. Like, it, it literally is so week to week, and we have been bad. But I, I know 
if I have any learned anything from watching Mike Rabel over the past five, four or five years, it's that there's, there's always something like left in the tank. Like there's, there always seems to be a way to like figure something out to get a win. I think they got it. I really do. Like I, I haven't felt this, this, maybe it's just sheer ignorance, sheer foolishness, but um, like I'm fully aware of how bad Jacksonville dominated us last time. I'm full. Like I am fully aware of how bad we have been the last six weeks. I, I mean, no more. Me and Will witnessed it in person. Spent our holiday in the bitter cold to go watch us lose to the Texas. Like I have, I am aware of how bad we are. But I just also know that we're going to win this one. It's just somehow the universe works that way. Whenever you think you start to know what's going to happen, it just doesn't. And that's the only pure explanation I can give to why we are winning this game. Because we shouldn't. There's no way, shape, or form should we win this football game. No, not on paper for sure. No, not even in logic. The only logic, yeah. The only logic is that it's totally illogical, which is why it has to happen. Yeah. AFC South champs, boys. Three in a row. Hang the banner. We'll see what happens. They got to line it up Saturday night. Is that a – do they always do that like last week of the – I mean, I know they do it in the playoffs. They always do like Saturday and Sunday games last week of the year. I think so. How about all the Jags whining, though, about uh, less day of rest? That's hilarious. That is like a big advantage for the Titans playing last Thursday. Getting a big, you know, extra. Yeah, couple yeah days they played rest. Sunday to Saturday. We played Thursday. Well, yeah, we got, yeah, it's awesome. And we rested all our players the other night. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we're going to have fresh legs out there. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully. Well, before we uh, close it out, we'll do some final thoughts. I do just want to point out I love this time of year when college basketball, it's, I mean, it's in full swing, but it's I still, people are still in. People it's really starting mode, to heat up. Yeah, but I love get hot. like I, I did this uh just like an hour or two ago before we hopped on the pod. Saw I mean the game for the Bills and Bengals was either on commercial or maybe it had started to be postponed already. And I see oh Purdue and Rutgers, a little college basketball. And I saw it was at the very end of the game, and I was like, perfect. And I sw- I switch it on one point game, like <laughs> oh, 10 seconds left. Oh, perfect. Perfect time to tune in. Rutgers hits a big three with just a couple seconds left to take the lead. Uh, then some some pandemonium ensues. A guy like Purdue tips the ball out of bounds. There's only four tenths of a second left. All Rutgers has to do is pass it in. The guy shuffles his feet uh, before he throws it in, so they Heard get over. back to Purdue. And then Purdue doesn't end up hitting the shot. But I love being able to flip on college basketball. That's what makes college basketball so much fun because usually those last two minutes take about half an hour. But when you get to those final seconds of those close games, even if it's a five-point game, anything could happen. So I'm and excited there's so many basketball. opportunities, too, just throughout the week to turn on. Like you said, hey, on a Wednesday, I'm flipping through the, the channel and I see a random Big Ten basketball game, and it's a two-point game with a minute left. Like there's so many opportunities that you get to to experience that throughout the year, um, and especially as football is winding down. We, we need that little extra juice during the week. Yeah. Well, it's fun having diversity when you can go. Yeah. Like, this is a great few next few weeks or month or two for sports when you have big time basketball and really big time football on where you can just kind of have that any night of the week. Yeah. They do a good job of scheduling that for us in the dead of winter. 
so we can be, you know, nice and happy and watching sports. Um, that was actually my favorite thing about being a student at a, you know, major call it like, you know, SEC school was, I thought I kind of went thinking, Oh, football Saturdays, like that's going to be awesome. And it was, of course we, we were terrible in my college career. So it probably didn't pop like quite like it did, but my true favorite was, yeah, having SEC basketball, like on a Tuesday night on campus, just like walk down and get like a true, like top tier matchup just on a Tuesday or Wednesday, just chill it. Like that is, that's epic. And so, yeah, it fills life, man. Like, Oh, I get, I get, I get excited to watch the Razorbacks on Wednesday night. Like, you know, we got, got another game coming up. It's fun to, uh, and I wish I had a true radar for like, two, like, two possession games under like a minute left. And it was just like, all right, turn on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Purdue Rutgers or, you know, just random. Ma- I don't care. We just want to see that end of game, like chaos. Um, well, that's why we love the March Madness tournament so much is because it's so packed in just like, just games right on top of each other, all kind of coming down to chaos at the same time and true madness. Um, but I think it's nice. It's nice and interspersed throughout the week. Um, and you can always, I mean, there's always a good basketball game on. If you're willing to like, if you're willing to flip around or find it or like pay attention, you can get to a, club, a close basketball game um, somewhere, especially in the age we live in now. You know how much more sports we can consume now than like you could even 20 years ago. Like I, I could watch any college basketball game that's happening like on a at least mid-major level, like across the U.S. on some platform. Well, and like, if you have ESPN Plus, you can watch quite literally any game. Yeah, like every game. Well, and that's what even just the fact that it is not uncommon. Like you can go get a fifty-inch TV for one hundred and fifty bucks, and like if you have a Fire Stick or a Chromecast, you can have three or four screens going in your house, like no problem. You really oh. can. Yeah, I, easy. And especially with the illegal streams and stuff that people have access to now, you can literally watch any sporting event yeah. anywhere in the world that's going on. That's awesome. We have so much access. I've always thought about that with, with music. Like, I think our generation is one of the first ones. We Since the age of 12 or 13 or whatever, I got an iPhone. I've had the entire catalog, the entire library of music ever made at my in my hand like used to you have to like buy a record or have a have a record player or you know have something even just to listen to one album and like our we've just grown up and i could listen to any music that's ever been made for all time just at the touch of a button it's amazing i think that's like crazy why i think that's why you see in multiple genres so much influence from other genres now because people it used to be Back in the 70s, oh, you're like a rock guy or you're a, you know, a d- disco guy or something. But now it's like we have this access to classic rock or country or rap or like 90s rap versus rap today in the 2020s. Like you hear that in especially seeing like I've seen it a lot in the country genre, which is funny, like some of these younger guys getting rappers to come on their songs and everything like and it's you it used yeah, to be more, like that would never happen. A little dark. Yeah, dude, like I go to the Morgan Wally to Hardy concert here in Nashville and he starts singing Broadway Girls and Lil Dirt comes out on stage and everyone's going nuts because everyone at that concert, like they're not just country fans, they love rap too. So mm-hmm. it's cool. But, yeah, that is pretty cool. And it's like empowering to literally have it all to stream for free. I mean, not free. I guess you pay a little bit for Spotify, but I mean, if you really use that or, you know, Apple Music, oh, so whatever, I mean, it. it's like 
insane. I've been able like just library and I love I love music. And this is really kind of nice little nice little tangent here um at the end, but like I just love music and and to have it's infinite. Like I could listen to new music that's been created throughout time forever. And it's all stored right there for free on my phone. I can do like, I don't have to pay to, you know, pay to buy the song or pay to play the song on a freaking jukebox or something. Like it's just right at my, right at my fingers. Just give me the ox, baby. Yeah. Don't even give me the ox. What's the Bluetooth? We're past the ox. Like, come on. But no, just, well, in one last quote, I'm going, we're going on a tangent here, but so we talk about having access to all these games. It was not that long ago. Like when I was a kid, there were times I listened to Husker games on some oh, radio cast yeah. online, or yeah. it was pay per view. Pay per view. You know, yeah, we're you not, paid, like we just paid thirty dollars or something for a game. Oh no, like, I feel like it was more than that. I thought it was to, like fifty or a hundred bucks. Sometimes it was one of those things maybe. where you wanted to have a watch party and everyone came and chipped in because you got the pay per view. Yeah, it was a big deal. Like, oh, who's getting the pay per view this week? Or, you know, because especially like that was kind of the start of when most games were televised to some extent, like, you know, Arkansas versus Western Michigan or, so, you know, like, yeah, that that game would be on pay-per-view. But even some like SEC games, I guess, would be that was crazy to have pay- pay-per-view was a wild time of college, uh, like college sports, really. Well, and even like the first one was ESPN 360, remember? Uh, and I remember huddling around like my parents' computer in their room to watch Nebraska versus Missouri. Like for some reason, it wasn't on ABC or something. So you had to go on ESPN 360 to get it. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever that we could go back and huddle around the desk where the computer was and watch the game. That is awesome. <laughs> like that was not long ago. I mean, I was no. probably eight or nine, maybe like eight to 10, somewhere in there. Yeah. So that was 15 to 17 years ago. Like, yeah, that is wild. It, you know, it's just wild how, you know, media really could truly control the narrative used to, like, especially in college football. It's like, yeah, you oh, yeah. think the best teams in the country are these two teams because they're the only two teams we've shown play all year. Like, we show four Michigan games, like three Alabama games, and like uh, Ohio, like Ohio State. And all the Notre Dame games. Yeah, and all <laughs> yeah. that. So, you, it's like, man, these are the only teams you even see. So, we show Texas and, like, Oklahoma and USC, like, you know. Uh, of course i mean anyway it all kind of goes markets but now we get to watch everything we can just be a lot more like unbiased about actually what's going on it's beautiful it's awesome all right guys well i I think that about wraps us up so thanks again for listening this has been paydirt sports part of the six-pack coverage network check them out sixpackcoverage.com on instagram and twitter at six-pack coverage check us out on twitter at paydirt underscore sports and on Instagram at Pater Sports. Guys, thanks again for listening, and we will see y'all next week. Pater out.